Well, from the virtual newsroom somewhere in Levittown, this is the Pod Squad. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times. And I'm Phil Jennifer-Caro, columnist for the Intelligencer. In a midnight tweet last weekend, President Trump said he and the First Lady have coronavirus. They were taken to Walter Reed Medical Center and are under treatment as we speak. Given that everything that happens in a presidential election year is about that election, how is this going to affect the race, especially with suburban women who gave the presidency to Donald Trump in 2016 and will again this year? Phil, um, I just wanted to say at the outset that um, I believe that the vast majority of Americans and even those uh, who listen to our podcast wish the president and his wife the best for speedy recoveries. And and those who don't are really kook fringe. We've seen a lot of that, unfortunately, over the last 48 hours or so. Um, but the way uh, the partisans have reacted is really, really disgusting to me. I had a caller from Langhorne, you know, where hate has no home, and uh, saying that he hopes the president dies from the virus. Not once, but twice he called me. And uh-huh. he's not alone. Um, now, you're a man of the left. Can you explain why there is this depth of hatred for Trump even, you know, when he's facing uh, a, a, a terrible disease, potentially fatal disease, such as the coronavirus. Well, first, let me say that I, I, I agree with you. I mean, we, we pray for everybody. My mother died of this disease. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it's the ravage of our time. And I pray for his recovery and, and that of his wife and any, and any of the many uh Republican advisors and around him. I mean, it's it's crazy. They may have brought it upon themselves by not adhering to a lot of the protocols. That aside, it's not in my being to to, to wish anybody you know to die because I disagree with their politics. Uh, I could tell you this: uh, I was uh, once he uh, once he announced he had COVID. Uh, I asked some of my uh, friends on my Facebook page to sort of pass along, how, how do you feel about this? And many who were uh, 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 against Donald Trump were uh, sometimes not cryptically, sometimes just saying, you know, I hope he goes. Uh, you know, if there's any way to stop him from, from tearing this country apart, this could be it. It could be karma that he's gonna get this and go. Um, and I said, I cannot agree with any of that. Um, it's, it's not in my being to wish that on anyone. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. Uh, and I'm sure there were a lot of people who are wishing for him to die who weren't raised that way either, but it just illustrates, and I don't agree with it. It illustrates the, the degree of anger, um, that the president has, uh, uh, has, has put into some people that, that they would even wish him. Uh, that kind of a finish. Um, I, I can't quite understand it. <laughs> I really can't. Well, I think maybe one explanation is that people spend too much time on the internet <laughs> reading oh. news and, and stoking their their partisan hatred. You know, when you don't have hobbies or something, you, you know, you tend to focus on these kinds of things as if they're, they affect you personally. And, and they, they, you know, I don't want to say that what happens in Washington, D.C. doesn't affect us personally. Of course, of course, it does. But really, you know, in, in the system that we have, uh, if you don't like the president, you know, and what he's doing, there's an election in two years. 
And the Congress is a check to that power and what he's doing. If you don't like the president, there's another election coming in four years. You know, so get back to your life, get back to your work. This idea, this this 24-7 news cycle, Mortal Kombat stuff is is really unhealthy. And unfortunately, it seems like it seems like uh, a lot of those people uh, are in are in charge and controlling the country. They're controlling the media, they're controlling our politics, you know, that where most of us, you know, even like guys like you and me, we got lives outside, you know, our work, right? I mean, right. we're not thinking about work 24-7. It's unhealthy, yeah. you know, and the company we work for is certainly uh, uh, the, the people who supervise us don't want us to do that. They know that a balance is very important, but these are unbalanced people, right? And they're feeding their hatred like this man from Langhorn. Um, in the end, Phil, I think that... <clears throat> This, you know, to the question, how does this affect the race? How does this affect Donald Trump? I think it strengthens him. What do you well, think? I think that much like all other issues, his side is dug in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what he does. Doesn't matter what he says, whether it's crazy or not. They're dug in. Um, I think on the other side, um, I, I don't know. I think on the other side, they're, they're, they may be concerned that um, he this will engender some sympathy for him for some undecideds. Um, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, I think then there are some people who will say, "What level of irresponsibility and total disregard for Secret Servicemen who have to be in a vehicle with him while he has COVID, even though they're all gowned up?" because now those agents have to be quarantined for 14 days away from their families. They can't say no, this is their job. President says you do it, you do it. Um, but it, it, it makes you wonder what his thinking is uh, by putting those people in risk. He's, he's got COVID, he should stay in the hospital, get treated, get well not take a photo op in a car and endanger the lives. No, I think, I think really, I think that photo op, the, the uh, little rally, you know, outside the Walter Reed Medical Center, you know, and he gets in the uh, in the limo and, and waves to the people outside. I I think people love that. I think people his uh, people love that. Yes, they do. I, I they you do. know, but you know what? Why doesn't he just stand by a window, right? Bring him to a window that faces the street. Give him a wave, right? Yeah. Give him a wave. Hi, I'm, give him a thumbs up like Ronald Reagan, right? Remember right. Ronald Reagan with the thumbs up? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But well, he, he, but, but, uh, he, yes, he, well, this is part and parcel of him, right? Right. He, he, he marches to his own drum. Well, Look, it, and, no, and, and let me just finish. Yeah. If it was only him, but he had to put those other people at risk. He, and this is the argument from the left that he really doesn't care about anybody but himself. He's got coronavirus, yeah. which, which in his mind went from a hoax back in, January, and last week he tweeted that it is a. Well, how did he put it? Um, the word will come to me, but it, it it all of a sudden because he has it, it's oh, it's a plague. That's what he said. So we went from a a, a hoax to a plague, and what's what connected those two things? His getting the virus yeah. again. It's all about him. You know, when we talk about, you know, taking, you know, reasonable precautions about the virus, I wish the left would get as upset at Nancy Pelosi 
and Diane Feinstein, uh, both uh, uh, lecturing the country on wearing masks, but then photographed and, and videoed, you know, video of them without their masks. You know, we had a governor, our own governor, Tom Wolf, you know, outside violating his own protocols uh, during a Black Lives Matter march. I think that was in June. And just last week, we had uh, uh, Tom Wolf and uh, Representative Wendy Ullman and Caught on a hot mic, uh, Wendy said, uh, well, I'm going to wear my, they were talking about whether they should wear a mask or whether they shouldn't, uh, words to that effect. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to wear one political theater. And, uh, you know, I asked her about that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and she said that was a poor choice of words, but she will not apologize for for wearing a mask, I guess, even for political theater. Right. Look, well, you know what? There, there's it's, collective it's, outrage it's, here, Phil. Yeah, it's the there's typical outrage, but the it's, deeper it's, question it's, is, how, wait a minute. It, it's, the, it's the typical political I misspoke, right? Yeah. They, right. Both sides do this, and it's maddening for us who try to look at things with a level uh, head. And we just you ask a direct question, as Trump was about white supremacy, and it, you know the answer uh, caused a lot of uh, uh, outrage. And then the next day, you, you're hearing from his advisors, the president misspoke. So, I mean, that's the, it's the Trump card, no pun intended. Okay. For, well, for, yeah. both, for, both, for both sides. Democrats get, get outraged uh, at Republicans who don't take reasonable precautions with masks, but not the other way around. I mean, I think that's pretty much the record we've got now, particularly when it comes to Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein. Look, I think, uh, I think as I said before, uh, this issue, uh, you know, contracting coronavirus, it helps him. I think uh, even though he's off the campaign trail, sort of, you know, his announcement, the way he made it at midnight, his continued tweet storming even this morning while at Walter Reed, you know, his lap around uh, the hospital in his limo waving to supporters who gathered outside and mass. Trump's quarantine looks like a rally and Biden's rallies look like a quarantine, Phil. Yeah. Um, you know, you said um, you think this is going to help him. And uh, he he seems to need some help. Uh, you know, a recent uh, poll last week shows him trailing uh, Biden by nine points in the state and in the collar counties uh, by 38 points. I know how you feel about polls, um, but you can bet your bottom dollar that if these uh, numbers were flipped, the Trump campaign would be running them up a flagpole. Yeah, and, and I, I think that those polls are registered voters. So that, that while that's interesting data, um, you know, registered voters don't always show up. About 40 percent of them don't show up. I'm not I'm, sure what it is in a presidential election. It's probably less than that. Maybe 25 uh, percent don't show up. But, you know, you got to look at the people, you know, who do vote. So we know to take the polls with a, a huge grain of salt. You know, and, I'm sure, and I'm sure that uh, uh, Trump supporters would say, well, the poll was conducted by ABC News, uh, Washington Post. And right, yeah, right, I mean, and right then and there, a red flag goes up for them. Yeah, but you know what, Phil? We, we, we have some insider information on actual internal polling out there in the 4th District in Montgomery County. And a certain source that we have uh, told us that it's, it's yeah. within a half a point between Madeline Dean and the Republican uh, Kathy Barnett. A half a point. Well, and so, would, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. And so these that's polling that is is paid for by the campaigns or the uh, the parties. They can't afford to have these ABC, Washington Post, whatever poll, 
that re register voters that has like 65% Democrat, you know, polls that seem to be designed to shape public opinion rather than reflect it. The private polling, the internal polling, as they call, call it, is very expensive and they don't want that. They want to know exactly where they stand. And that was a poll that shows that it's a half point race uh, in, in PA4 in Montgomery County. But we've so that's also, pretty tight. I mean, and that's a collar county. So we've, we've all we've also heard uh, from uh, Christina Finello, uh, not not personally because she dodges us. She won't she won't appear with us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on her website, um, she indicates that, you know, this race between uh, her and uh, and uh, Mike Fitzpatrick, um, uh, or Brian Fitz. Wait, I'm, I'm getting the two confused now. Um, Brian, Brian is is virtually tied. Now, do we believe that? Yeah, I believe it. You do believe it's that close? Oh, I, I, I of course. It's it's 2016. This race is shaping up to be 2016 all over again in terms of the polls. We've been there, done that with all of this. That's what's really amazing to me. I'm going back over over Saturday afternoon I because I've got no life uh, after I cut the lawn. Uh, <laughs> I was going back to uh, headlines and they're almost identical, like to the week of what was being reported. Hillary ahead, you know, in the suburbs, Hillary, you know, pulling ahead in Pennsylvania. I mean, remember, she was take she thought it was such a cakewalk. She took some time off from right. the, from from the race uh, to and then totally dissed Wisconsin and, and lost, right. you know, and the Russians did that. We don't believe that. But, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's really remarkable how similar these races are. So, yeah, I believe uh, that you believe the race is that close between Fitzpatrick and Fanella. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I, I I'll say this. I, I think Brian will pull it out. You know, I, I, see, Fitzpatrick I think he name always, always gets two, three points more than than the Democrat. In, right. In the first. So, yeah. I think that's the way it's going to go. But listen, you know, on this question, and I wanted to touch on this before we go, you know, the um, the partisan reaction to Donald Trump and coronavirus and that limo ride and, and that kind of universal revulsion, I think, and this is an issue that really doesn't get talked about a lot, um, but I think it has to do with his his uh, his masculinity for lack of a better word, and, and how we define that. You know, the definition of masculinity has been under reconstruction for many years now. You know, strong, decisive, you know, problem solving, getting things done, uh, even in convalescence, uh, as, as Trump's example defines it. I think a lot of people on the left find toxic. You know, they call that toxic masculinity because there really isn't a whole lot of difference between male and female, we're told. Um, and so you get the virus, you're supposed to retreat to your safe space, you know, keep your head down and let Joe Biden take victory laps around you. You know, that's that's, uh, you know, part of what I see going on here, you know, that there are a lot of people who don't like this kind of old school John Wayne, even though I'm sick, I'm, I'm I'm busy at work. You know, Reagan did the same thing after he was shot. There were photos of him like signing legislation or into law and all that. So I, I think that right, but a, a gunshot there's a revulsion of, of traditional masculinity that Trump exudes and, and you know, exemplifies, embodies, whatever. Uh, and they don't like that. They don't a like that. Shot. The left wants men to be kind of those wimpy white guys you see portrayed on commercials, you know, 
during football games. Well, you know, see, my see, wife that... even mentioned this yesterday. Why do white men take this stuff? Why why are they always they're 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 satisfied being portrayed this way on TV? You know, and I had no answer for her except that you know we all like to keep our jobs, or you know we don't want to uh, you know lose friendships, uh, you know you know that sort of thing. You know, it's it's that it's a touchy issue. Well, the definition of masculinity for the rest of us is to do things that aren't going to try to infect others with a deadly disease. That would yeah. be masculinity. That would be using your head. That would be caring about your fellow man and women. Um, right. But for him to to just brazenly, just you know, irresponsibly, recklessly leave the hospital with that virus and expose those people outside in that in that vehicle yeah. is not masculinity. That's just, that's stupidity. And and your outrage is reserved also for how he boarded Marine One and was helicoptered to Walter Reed because there was a full complement of Secret Service agents and a flight crew on there that were all now. How is he supposed to? How is he supposed to get to Walter Reed? Like well, Uber it over. Well, listen, <laughs> take an Uber. Listen, Walter Reed is not far from the White House. Okay, right. maybe he could have walked. What it was is another. You know, here comes the helicopter. Right, he could have gotten in a vehicle because we were told. He wasn't at death's door at that point, right? What was the hurry? Get in the think, get in the vehicle and drive to the hospital like the rest think, of us. Do you think that they had, they took precautions, you know, on, think, the, on the helicopter I, and in that limo? Because I think they did. I that think that limo is. You read stories about that limo. That limo is so hermetically sealed, compartment which, which, to compartment. Which, which is the problem there? Because if he, he's he's carrying that virus and there's nowhere for it to go, that little mask. He's he's how you've been you've been in a vehicle, right? You've been in a back seat. Yeah. You're you're two feet away from the person in front of you. And yet he decided to do it. That's what drives us crazy. Yeah, he's always gonna have Secret Service in close proximity to him, though. But, so but I'm not, not sure how but, you get around that. In that case, he could have avoided it. Stay in the hospital and get better. Some of us <laughs> want him to get better. Some of us want Biden to win. Some of us want him to get better. And there's that's the issue. He he knows he's trailing. He yeah. knows he has to do something. He just can't right. sit in the hospital because in his in his mind, it makes him look weak. The rest of us are saying, You're I not think, weak. You're sick. Stay in the hospital and get better. I think that whether it was by, by accident or design, this sort of portrayal of strength uh, impresses it's not, it's impresses not suburban women. They, they, they're more impressed by a, a, a strong horse than a weak horse. I think that's just human nature. I don't see and that. I think that this, this bodes well for him. I think people go, you know what, this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's got a work ethic even when he's sick, you know? Yeah, he was signing those blank pieces of paper we the saw. Blank pieces of paper. It was like when my right. kids used to practice writing their name on a blank piece of paper. That's <laughs> well, maybe that's what he was doing. I don't know. Maybe he was practicing, you know? So listen, and you know what? I just before we go, because we're we're out of time, um, you know, a word just came within the last hour or so that uh, former Governor Chris Christie, who contracted coronavirus, was one of Trump's, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, stand-in debate, the, yeah, oh, the debate, debate coach, right? Yeah. Let me get the words out. He was a debate coach. He now has COVID, and and you know, uh, people with comorbidities. Uh, like a lot of extra weight, like the former governor has, uh, and also a, a lifetime issue with, with asthma, 
it, it looks pretty bad, you know, for him. So he's yeah. just been hospitalized. So, you know, our yeah. thoughts and our prayers, and I mean that, go out to, uh, you know, the former governor of New Jersey, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting uh, several times. And in person, he's certainly not as bombastic as he is in a press conference with us. So uh, he's, he seems like a decent guy one-on-one, -on -one, and we wish him the best. And that's all the time we have for today. Get our podcast wherever you get yours. Read our columns and our great award-winning local content on our websites. And a programming note, tomorrow, Tuesday, is the first debate between Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick and Christina Finello. And Phil and I will be live afterwards summing up what we saw. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for Bucks County Courier Times. And I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for The Intelligencer. For all of us here at the paper, thanks for listening, but especially thanks for reading.